Super Talk Mississippi media production. Moondog Makers and Bakers Catering Services. Taking ordinary to extraordinary. Personal and home private nights to massive events. From wood-fired pizzas to full gras. Get your three-pack spice blend of moon dust, moon crust, and moon rocks. Hashtag what is Moondog? Familiar food done differently. To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. Putting our differences to the side and talking about something we all love. In our old man river, lavish lakes and streams, minds full of the wildest life and possibilities. I Mississippi, there's a magnolia tree. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to Super Talk Outdoors from the Foundation Studio right here on Biloxi's Back Bay. I want to welcome you you to this wonderful celebration of Mississippi where we do this every single Monday at lunchtime because as I say every week, this is the capital of the outdoors in America. We are so lucky to have so many amazing world-class you know, abilities here. And uh, the opportunity to enjoy the outdoors in Mississippi, just incredible. I want to thank you for joining us on the powerful Super Talk Mississippi Radio Network on C Spire. Or excuse me, Super Talk TV at C Spire TV. Or you might be watching the show on YouTube or Facebook. Or you might be listening on your favorite podcast. So it's August the 21st, 2022. As I remind you every week, uh, the views on this show are mine, not those of the foundation. So uh, when it comes to the outdoors and outdoors issues, you can count on me to say what needs to be said. I'm going to do my homework, and I am super honored to be in this position. I've got a history book that is emailed to me every day that kind of gives me a sense of some of the most important uh, things that have happened in our history. Uh, We've been talking a lot about Hawaii, for example, and Hawaii became a 50th state in the U.S. in 1959. Uh, of course, our thoughts and prayers are with those who have had to uh, endure the the the, uh, the fire there. Just truly un- unfortunate. Uh, but those of us in coastal Mississippi who had to deal with the worst natural disaster in American history, we can we can really relate to what those people are going through. Um, but I ran across this quote from Wilt Chamberlain, who incidentally I had the opportunity to meet on one of my many trips to uh, Miami when I was working for Knight Ritter. Um, the the former parent company of the Sun Herald here in coastal Mississippi, and uh, what I can tell you about Wilt Chamberlain was he was a nice guy, but he was so tall you couldn't make eye contact with him. He was just so incredibly tall. But anyway, he said this. He said everything is habit forming, so make sure what you do is what you want to be doing. And I can assure you, man, that when I picked fishing to uh, become habit forming or hunting or enjoying the outdoors i picked the right thing and i know you did too uh some people don't don't uh, don't appreciate what that habit forming thing is all about but uh but we try hard to teach them and if they learn if they're lucky enough to learn then uh, they fall in love with it too it becomes a habit for them as well that ring of fire heat dome that's sitting over the middle of america, middle of america right now and extending down to the gulf coast man it is unbelievable it's actually 93 degrees in coastal mississippi but it's supposed to ramp back up in the uh, you know north of 100 uh, with with heat index is much hotter than that um, but coastians here in coastal mississippi we're kind of okay with it because it is also 
a uh, a hurricane shield, a tropical system shield. So as we're doing the show, we are uh, we're looking due south of us and seeing that tropical system developing that's headed into Texas. So we're okay with it. But if you look at the uh, uh, to like seven to ten days out, you see rain chances come back again, and that means the heat dome is beginning to relax a little bit. And, um, you know, it could be a busy end of the hurricane season. We hope not. We're ready to get to the fall. Speaking of the fall, we've got work to do up in the Mississippi Delta. But, man, it's hard to even think about going to work on a food plot uh, in this kind of heat, man. I mean, it is, it's, just, it's just incredible. But we'll be up there soon and doing what needs to be done because we've got a lot of work to be done. We've been putting it off and putting it off, but we got to go. Um, speaking of working in the heat, I want to give a quick shout-out to our farmer friends across Mississippi who are working so hard as we speak harvesting their crops. And uh, for the crops that are not ready for harvest, their, 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 their irrigation efforts are in full force. Uh, there are so many pumps running across Mississippi as we speak. We can nearly hear them in coastal Mississippi. You know, farmers sow the seeds of incredibly hard work and dedication and resilience. Man, I talk about their resilience here on this show all the time. They're nurturing their land, even in this heat. And for those who are taking corn out right now, they've had, in most cases, incredible crops. Um, and they're nurturing that land in a way that's leading to bountiful harvests that's going to sustain us all, man. The, the, the farmers across Mississippi are feeding the world, and, man, we are lucky to have them, that is for sure. So now let's shift gears and move over to my new friend, Bryant Haley, who's a fisheries biologist for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. Had the opportunity to visit with him. I'm surprised he actually hasn't been on the show yet, but uh, but I got to know him pretty good before we started the show, and I look forward to introducing him to you now. How you doing, Bryant? Doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm, well, it's good, it's good to have you here. Look, Brian is doing some important work as it relates to invasive carp on the ten time, and we'll come back to that in just a second and talk more about it. But tell me about where you grew up, Brian. Uh, well, I grew up in Hernando, uh, mostly. Uh, moved around the southeast a little bit, but but spent the majority of time there, and then uh, out of high school, transitioned to school in Mississippi State, so I moved down to Starkville. And I've been in Starkville for almost 10 years now. Left for a little bit when I when I went to work for the agency. Uh, started in uh, the Central District office out of Turcotte. And then I moved back up here. My wife's still a student here. I uh, met her in grad school, and she's moved out of a master's and on to a Ph.D., still in Mississippi State. So we're here well, for good, a little bit. Good, good for her. Good for her. Um, you know, you mentioned to me before we started the show that you like canoeing and you do a little bit of hunting. You went, went deer hunting a few times last year. You like to fish. Um, but who, who in your life, early in your life, gave you a love of the outdoors? Uh, probably blame it on my grandfather. He was uh, he was a big-time fisherman. That's all he wanted to do when he retired. And he got me on boats, uh, got my dad set up with a boat so he could take me out and get me even more hooked on it when I was younger. Um, so pretty much every family gathering we spent fishing. He had a place up on Pickwick, uh, just a little place, couple couple John boats there, but that was all he needed. He'd crappie fish every day if he could. Yeah, that's that's so exciting. Yeah, that's that's kind of my story too. But listen, I hunted with my dad and fished with my dad, but my dad worked a lot and. So my grandfather's, uh, my, my grandfather on my mother's side, his name was Dusty, 
and uh, my my grandfather on my father's side we called him Papa. And man, they love to fish. I mean, we hunt, we score hunted, you know, we did, we did some, some basic hunting together, but man, their love was mostly fishing. So every chance they got to go fishing with me, um, they took me. And man, I, I look back on those times. It's amazing how time flies, but, but what a gift that is that he gave to you, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And you take that with you today. So when did you find out, you know, that, that becoming a biologist was something you wanted to make a career out of? Oh, I don't know. I guess I just just seeing them out on the water. Um, turns out those were those were mostly game wardens that I was seeing. But, you know, at the time I was young, I didn't know the difference. Uh, just seemed like such an incredible job to do, you know, be on a boat all day have an excuse to be out in nature not not always sitting behind a desk turns out we do quite a bit of sitting behind a desk too in the job but we spend a good bit of time out outdoors it's a great mix um yeah Yeah, it it is cool so when you went to mississippi state did you go directly into biology i did I, i pretty much had had that locked in from the start i wanted to go into fisheries so i i tailored classes and they were great about letting me do that letting me take as many fish classes as i could um and and stick to that path so i got a lot of experience met a lot of people through those classes introduced me to my first jobs i worked as a as a tech um on a project that was actually going on in puerto rico at the time we did a lot of a lot of fisheries work down there you wouldn't expect through mississippi state having that island connection but we did um did quite a bit of work there well, the program, let's face it, Mississippi State's program, certainly we hear it here on the show all the time, the number of people at the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks that went through Mississippi State. And, um, you know, some went on to get PhDs in other areas, some went on to get masters in other areas uh, uh, with other schools. But but Mississippi State, man, has made its mark on the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And the inspiration from the professors there. And the major amount of projects that were involved with really all over the all over the well, I could probably say the world. It it's, is it's, the world. It's remarkable, isn't it? My advisor, uh, my master's advisors, currently got projects in Vietnam and Cambodia, as well as Mississippi. Um, he's he's and, spread all over, and you can say that about most in the department. So you got your degree, and uh, you went on to get a master's degree. What was your master's in? Also in fisheries. So, yep. you, so you got super educated, and you joined the department four years ago. Yes. And uh, immediate. So, t- tell me more about what you did when you first started the department. Uh, so, I started off in in Turcotte, as I said, around around Jackson. Uh, that office focuses a lot on Ross Barnett. Uh, we do a lot of plant management there. There are a couple guys that that's their full time job is is spraying and mostly on Barnett. Uh, so anytime we weren't particularly busy, we would we would jump on the boat with them and lend a hand. Hey, let's do this. When we come back on the other side, we'll pick it up from right there. But we're having sure. a conversation with Brian Haley. He's a fisheries biologist. And when we come back on the other side, we'll finish his story. And then we'll talk a little bit about Asian carp and some of the work that's, that's happening now as we speak over at the 10-ton waterway. We'll see you after this break. Mississippi. 
From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, sunny skies and hot, high near 102. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 76. Your Tuesday, sunny skies, high near 103. Tuesday evening, mostly clear, low around 79. And for your Wednesday, a scorcher, sunny skies, high all the way to 107. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871. Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basils in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to eatbasils.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basils. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. Due to a national blood shortage, Mississippi Blood Services is in critical need of donations to refill our supply. Please help Mississippi Blood Services recover their supply of much-needed blood. Visit msblood.com or call 601-368-2673 to find a location near you to donate blood today. That's msblood.com. msblood.com. Greatness doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, focus, and dedication. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that because we put in the hard work and dedication for decades. And that commitment has paid off with award-winning customer service for your auto, home, and life insurance. Jamie Creel, Shelter Insurance. Come see why we're more than just an agent. Proudly serving the Jackson metro area and the great state of Mississippi. Give us a call at 601-992-6000. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet Boom Products, Oil Gator, Oil Dry, Spill Kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at esisupply.net. You asked for it, and it's back exclusively from AgUp Equipment. A free rotary cutter. That's right. For a limited time, get a free rotary cutter with the purchase of any 3D or 3E John Deere compact tractor from AgUp Equipment. Plus, 0% for 84 months financing. Browse online at agup.com. Offer ends 10-27-23. Some restrictions apply. Subject to approved credit with John Deere Financial. See dealer for details. Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 to 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Leading the conversation on Mississippi's outdoors, it's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors here on Super Talk, uh, where we celebrate Mississippi's incredible outdoors. And one of the great things about this show is I get an opportunity to meet so many people, both inside the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, and really across the country, who are making their marks to make enjoyment of the outdoors better here in Mississippi. And you know, having conversations with people like Brian Haley, 
who's a fisheries biologist at the department, is uh, something I really enjoy doing because it gives me a chance to put the spotlight on them so they can share their their education, their passion for what they're doing. And uh, the department is literally filled with people like Bryant who are who are working so hard to make a make a mark. It takes a village to uh, to to create the kind of of model that Aldo Leopold uh, talked about, the North American wildlife model. It takes a village to think about it, to make sure that we're doing the right thing, that we're keeping conservation efforts front and center, so that it gives us all the opportunity to make sure the populations are healthy, our waterways are healthy, and this state continues to be the capital of the outdoors in America. So Brian Haley is a fisheries biologist with the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And um, when we went to break, he was talking about when he first came into the department, he actually had the opportunity to do some work up on the Ross Barnett Reservoir. And uh, that, that that was a great opportunity for you to sort of get, get, get you know, get your, wet your whistle right off the bat, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. So right. where'd you go from there? Uh, so I moved into the the uh, northeast district. Um, so based up in Tupelo, uh, we manage the the Tennessee Tom Bigby Waterway, uh, manage Pickwick Bay Springs, and then a number of state lake, state lakes around the the Tupelo area, mostly and state park lakes. World class waterways, though, wouldn't you say? Definitely, without a doubt. So, so you're you're focused a lot these days on ten time. Um, before we talk about invasive species, and we, we're kind of lucky so far, but we'll talk more about why that might be. Um, tell, tell us about Tenton for people who are not familiar. With, you know, they've heard Tenton, but they're not really familiar with what it is. Okay, so it's a it's a 234 mile navigational waterway that that connects the Tennessee River with the Mobile, the navigable navigable portions of the Mobile anyway. Um, so it's designed to to improve shipping. Um, it's got a number of, of locks, all with, you know, navigational locks, uh, uh, a number of dams, what I meant to say there. Um, and quite a few of them have very good recreational fisheries that have established in the lakes that were created by damming that, that waterway. Um, I'm 20 minutes uh, in Starkville where I live from Columbus Lake. Um, we did some sampling there this fall and saw the best population of bass that we've seen in years on that lake. Some great fish. Um, same, so, same can be said for Aliceville, just south of it, uh, Aberdeen to the north. Both, you know, really good fisheries. They don't get quite as much attention as Pickwick and Bay Springs do, which you know everybody knows of those those lakes in this area, and they're they're very consistent, good fisheries in the state. Um, I have a friend of mine who actually um, went up to Tennessee to get a boat, and he brought it back down. He's from Mobile, so he brought it back down to, to Mobile, and uh, he, so he, he he went to the full stretch of of the ten time, and he posted you know pictures along the way and where he you know in these little discreet little. Uh, places where they could get some gas or fuel, and maybe maybe uh, uh, stay for the night or whatever. But he, it was a fascinating experience for him, and it was awesome watching him take you know have that experience. But it really gives you a sense of the vastness of the outdoors we have the opportunity to enjoy here in, in Mississippi when you when you when you traverse the entire uh, length of it. Have you had the opportunity to do that? I haven't done it all in one stretch yet, and I would love to. That's that's been a long time goal. 
figuring yeah. out the logistics of that. Right now, I've just got a little John boat, so it, it would take a while in my boat. <laughs> I'd have to borrow something from a friend with some sleeping quarters to make that yeah. a little more comfortable. No doubt. I mean, this 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 time of year, we're maybe an AC included <laughs> right. in that. So. Um, Listen, we're talk, going to talk real quick about the invasive carp problem. I posted a video of that a friend of mine, a farming friend, Travis Dunn, and his family experienced, you know, on an offshoot of the Yazoo um, about six months ago. And, man, the, the carp were just piling into the boat. He got viewed thousands of times. Kids were screaming and laughing and... And his wife gets hit in the face by one. It's uh, you were t- saying to him before the show started that it's a bit of a lost cause for those waterways, anything that's connected to the Mississippi River. But you, you're saying that there might be some hope for the ten time. Right. It's hard to totally call it a lost cause. We're certainly putting in the effort. We're trying to get some people to, to harvest fish over there. But they're just such a connection with those oxbows to the Mississippi that, that, you know, anything that comes up and down that, that river can get into them. Um, and so they'll, they'll probably be dealing with carp to some degree, no matter how much effort we put into removals. But on the, the Tintom, we haven't found any yet. They're they're in kind of uh, large numbers on the Tennessee River. Um, Pickwick has quite a few. Uh, and we do every year a multi-agency effort. So TWRA, Alabama is there. A bunch of federal agencies, Fish and Wildlife Service, USGS, TVA, uh, we all get together and line up a bunch of shot boats across coves and push and uh, collect as many as we can and put tags in them. And we have a receiver array set up around the mouth of the Tintom, down the Tintom a bit, and then there's pretty good coverage in Pickwick. So we can see where those fish are moving, and we're not seeing any coming on down the Tintom for whatever reason. Um, and we don't know 100% what the reason is. There's not much flow through Bay Springs. It's it's pretty still until below uh, below Bay Springs Lock, and we start getting some tributaries in and further down the waterway. Um, and they tend to move with flow. So the the current best theory is there's just there's kind of that buffer pool of water that's keeping them out of the out of the waterway, keeping them separated, not giving them incentive to move through it. Um, so we're we're pretty thankful that, that we're not seeing anything, uh, and we do ask anglers, and we've got signs up. We're we're currently trying to put up more signs at all the accesses on the Tentom, saying, "Hey, please report any sightings of these fish that you have." Um, you know, if anglers could do that for us, that would be extremely helpful. Letting the agency know if they see particularly a jumping carp, anything that jumps a couple feet out of the out of the water or more, that could be a silver carp, and we'd like to know about it. So talk about why it matters. Why, why is it important that Tentom doesn't have any any uh, species of, of carp yet? Why 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 is why should we be focused on the spread of invasive carp? Uh, well, one of the bigger reasons is is just their effects on native fish. Um, they're a, a big plankton feeder, big filter feeder. Um, so we're talking about the bottom end of the food chain. You know, that's that's food for our our shad. For our juvenile fish or, you know, prey fish like bluegill, uh, that's what they all need to, to eat, um, reproduce, and do well, uh, which provide the forage base for our, our bigger predators that people like to catch, our bass, our catfish. Um, 
so we're concerned about you know potential for those fish oh and also other uh other filter feeders like paddlefish that we've got in there um disruption to those those fisheries due to just reduction in, in plankton do they spread rapidly because they just are prolific or do they or do they spread rapidly because they're not a sought after species uh they spread rapidly because they're prolific and because plankton's everywhere, so they can they can live in a variety of environments. They can find the food they need just about anywhere. Uh, it, it certainly would be great if they were considered more of a desirable food fish and we could get people, you know, harvesting and eat, eating them. I have eaten many of them myself. They're very good, actually. <clears throat> they take a little bit more effort to clean than a crappie does, but... The meat you get off of them still still high quality, so don't write them off from a food fish perspective for sure. You know, one of the things that we have here in coastal Mississippi, it, you know, a little bit controversial is the pogey boats. The pogey industry is they're catching pogies for cat food mostly, and other. I guess they use it for other things as well. But has has there been any exploration into? Is there a way to use Asian carp for cat food and other animal food? Absolutely, it's great protein, and and that's being done in in several other surrounding states. Uh, we currently have a law in the books, and it was just proposed to to try to modify it, saying that we can't transport an invasive species across state lines, uh, and that was intended for live invasive species. But it, it's also as it written as it's written applies to dead species. So because we don't have many processors in the state that can handle those fish. Uh, anyone who harvests them here would like to be able to take them across the state line to processors in Louisiana and Tennessee. Um, so we're trying to change that reg to make that legal so those those fish can be used. Yeah, that that really that really makes sense. That that is for sure. Hey, listen, Brant, Bryant, we're out of time for now, but it's been a pleasure to meet you, get to know you better, keep up the good work, and we'll stay in touch with you. If you find if you find one, let us know. <laughs> Great meeting you as well. Thanks for having me on. You bet. This has been Brian Haley, who is a fisheries biologist from the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And when we come back, we've got Scott Baker going to join us, and we're going to talk about a lot of a lot of things, but does season in particular. We'll see you after this. Rogers Dam Chevrolet is Mississippi's largest General Motors business elite dealer. We make it easy to maintain your fleet with over 100 work-ready vehicles available for your job site. Diesel, gas, trucks, vans, and service bodies. And we build to your business specifications. It really is easier with Rogers Dabbs Fleet. Call the Rogers Dabbs Business Elite Fleet Team today at 866-671-4226 or visit us online at rogersdabbs.com. Rogers Dabbs Chevrolet. Find new roads. I noticed mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been forgetful and not remembering to take her medicine. After visiting the orchard, I knew it was perfect. The orchard is Mississippi's premier continuing care retirement community, licensed in Alzheimer's and dementia care for men and women. I know she's in good hands. It's safe, convenient, and most importantly, it feels like home. For that extra peace of mind, call the orchard today for a tour. 601-856-2205 or go to orchard retirement.com Callaway's has the South's largest in-stock selection of patio furniture and it's all on sale 20 50% off 
no exclusions. Enjoy your new patio furniture today. Callaway's has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful. This is Allison Callaway. Since 1954, Callaway's has been family-owned and operated. Our farmer's market is full of fresh fruits, vegetables, local honey, jellies, jams, and the best tomatoes in town. Callaway's Farmer's Market is open seven days a week. Callaway's has a large selection of beautiful tropicals, Kimberly Queen ferns, hibiscus, mandevilla, shrimp plants, and more. Three-gallon, 10-inch pots, all $12.99. Callaway's has just received another large shipment of ceramic pots, all sizes, all colors, all on sale. We offer bulk soils for local delivery and pickup. Callaway's landscape designers Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle can design and install your landscape. Visit Callaway's in Gluckstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of Germantown High. Plus England for Clark's Remodeling and Repair. The kind of work that Jerry's done for me includes you know, minor repairs like rotting wood, remodeling uh, the master bath, uh, putting new French doors on the back of the house. He understands what he's doing, and he usually points out you know, why I've had problems and not only how to fix it, but how to fix it so the problem doesn't recur. I think Jerry's trustworthiness is beyond reproach. Clark's Remodeling and Repair, a company you can trust. 601-214-9463. That's 601-214-9463. The College Corner is headed to Oxford. Stop by their new location in the Oxford Commons off Sisk Avenue. They'll have 4,000 square feet of Rebel gear ready for your trip to the Grove. On your next trip to Oxford, stop by the College Corner or our other great locations in Ridgeland and Flowood. Hats, shirts, polos, pullovers, sweats, T-shirts. College Corner has it all. And as always, you can visit us online at collegecornerstore.com. That's collegecornerstore.com. The College Corner, where your game day apparel meets. I'm J.T. Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk, Mississippi News. Classes started this morning at both Ole Miss and Southern Miss, which means the 2023-24 to academic year is underway in Oxford, Hattiesburg, and Startville. New Mississippi State Vice President Sid Salter tells us that they recently welcomed the largest freshman class in school history. Cranking up the fall semester, and we're, we're excited. We've got the largest freshman class in the history of the institution, right around 3,700, maybe a few more the last number I saw was 37, uh, around 3750, I think. Classes also began at Jackson State, Alcorn State, and Valley State earlier today. And a 70-acre wildfire has been contained on the county line between Simpson and Smith counties. Half of the state remains under a burn ban as dry weather continues. I'm J.T. Mitchell. Super Talk Mississippi, your new home for the Ben Shapiro Show. For something new and unique in talk radio, take a listen to the Ben Shapiro Show. Weeknights at 9, right here. Super Talk Mississippi. Tune in to Middays with Gerard Gibbert each weekday, live from the Element Wealth Studios. Is retirement on your mind? Do you have a plan? Go to myelementwealth.com to find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. In 1958, the world was introduced to Buddy Guy. I didn't cry and sing the blues. Don't miss the legend live. The Damn Right Farewell Tour. Saturday, September 2nd, Pearl River Resort Silver Star Convention Center. Tickets on sale now at PearlRiverResort.com. The Damn Right Farewell Tour. Buddy Guy, live. Feeling down? 
Here's your prescription for a daily dose of good news and positive vibes. Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Every afternoon, Rebecca highlights all the good things happening right here in the state you call home. Daily exposure to good things with Rebecca Turner may cause smiling, feelings of positivity, happiness, and even laughter. When you experience these symptoms, tell your friends to listen. Okay. Weekdays starting at 2 p.m. here on Super Talk Mississippi and now on Amazon Alexa devices. This is Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. Hey, listen, I really enjoyed that conversation with Bryant Haley. Once again, just a great reminder of the wonderful people and dedicated professionals that work at the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And we get a chance to celebrate them here on this show every single uh, Monday. Hey, I want to bring your attention to something. Uh, Todd Atkins, who is the Vice President of Governmental Affairs for the Sportsman Alliance, it's a national organization focused on uh, protecting our hunting and fishing and trapping, um, you know, rights uh, for future generations. He was on, he joined me last week, and if you missed that show, you can go to YouTube or Facebook or your favorite podcast to get it. And we talked about some changes the Biden administration has put in place to stop archery and uh, other outdoor training in schools. And it's, um, it's a real problem. And, uh, and, and they, you know, Todd and his organization, our outdoors community actually needs your help. So go, go listen to that conversation. I think you'll be glad you did. And um, I think we ought to all better stay tuned to ways the administration is sort of um, letting their anti-hunting and other anti-gun um, uh, activities uh, really try to get in our way of enjoying our outdoors and our Second Amendment rights. So uh, go pay close attention to that. Now let's shift gears and move over to my friend Scott Baker. I'm really looking forward to having Scott because I haven't had him on the show for, in a while. He's a fisheries, excuse me, he's a wildlife biologist for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks where he's been for over 25 years. And uh, I really enjoyed visiting with him last, last time. We're going to talk about dove hunting and other things. Things, but uh, before we do, we just say good morning or good afternoon to to uh, Todd, uh, to Scott. Excuse me. How you Thanks, doing, Scott? Rick, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I was talking about my friend Todd Aitkins that I talked about last week, and uh, great conversation, and has so 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 much wonderful access to professionals across the United States that are working to, to help us make our conservation efforts the best they can be so that we can pass from one generation to the next what we're able to enjoy here. And, you know, you've had a long career doing that, but, man, it's, it takes a village to pull this off, doesn't it? Oh, it, it does, Ricky, and it's exciting. We rarely do the same thing two days in a row. And, you know, in the, in, the, in the Department of Wildlife, Fishery, and Parks, and any type of wildlife management, it's actually it's year-round, every day. You know, the season changes, but uh, even during the season, post-season, the heat of the summer, we're always preparing for the next hunting season. So, it, you know, it's, it, it's a great opportunity, a great job, and, um, and appreciate your efforts and, you know, advocating for us. Well, you, you bet. I'm honored to be here. Listen, um, you spent a, a long career in public land habitat management. I, when I think about Mississippi, and I often say this on the show, that our forefathers 
were brilliant in the way they set aside so much land for public use. And then more recently, you know, developing the you know, the Phil Bryant wildlife management area. But yes. this uh, this effort to put aside so much land for public enjoyment, it's one of the reasons why Mississippi is the capital of the outdoors in America. But we've done a great job with that, haven't we? We, we have, Ricky. And, you know, we've got an opportunity or there is an opportunity out there for anybody for hunting and fishing on public land. You know, even when we're talking about fishing, oftentimes we think about our, our large lakes and reservoirs, but we oftentimes on these inland uh, wildlife management areas or some good fishing opportunities. Sometimes it may be a lake or a pond, but also um, small rivers like the Strong River that, that flows through Bienville National Forest and other streams that somebody may want to wade and fish on. A lot of opportunities for fishing, but, you know, most definitely hunting. That's, that's in my wheelhouse, but I'm a user of our public lands, and, and I, I understand how important they are. If a person wants to wake up on a Saturday morning and, and go hunting during the hunting season, there's somewhere that they can go. Yeah, it's amazing, man. I mean, there there are a few places like this in the world where within 10 minutes, you and I could be on public land somewhere and doing something, as long as it's legal, doing hunting or some, some type of enjoyment. It's, uh, gosh, it's something. It's, it'd be easy for us to take it for granted. I think some people probably do take it for granted, don't they? They do, and, and we all do. You know, at times we, we get accustomed to how easy to access close proximity to home it is, and and, and I appreciate our leadership in the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries on up to our legislators and, and governor understanding how important it is to protect public land and, to, and to, to purchase it, to get more of it uh, whenever we can. And so we're always looking for to add a, a additional land to our uh, data, uh, our inventory, and it may be adjoining a current wildlife management area or maybe a new property altogether. And, during my 25-year career, uh, I, we have we have added over 10 uh, wildlife man, management areas across the state. And the one you mentioned, Phil Bryant WMA, you know, the large acquisition in the Mississippi Delta. But we've added a lot of um, acres across the state, and we're always looking to add some more as long as uh, financing allows. Yeah, and then I had a I had a terrific conversation with Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hosen. <clears throat> Let's see. Last week, actually, it was uh, my, my show that's, that used to air on the coast is now airing on Thursdays in the Jackson and the Delta markets. And Delburn had a terrific conversation. But but during the break, we talked a little bit about the Outdoor Stewardship Trust Fund that we worked for two years to get done. Had $10, 10 million the first year, this past legislative session. <clears throat> excuse me. They put $15 million in it. He says his goal this year is to get $20 million in it. And when you think about with the $10 million we we got this past year, we had over $30 million in matching funds. When you can t- turn $10 million into over $40 million of, of investment in the outdoor enjoyment, Imagine what the matching funds would look like at $20 million. So, you know, we, we'll do like Georgia did, take $20 million and make it $100 million. It's incredible what, what we have the opportunity to do. And now Mississippi's actually got a fund that we can draw down these federal and local and, and state matching dollars to be able to do all kinds of amazing things to enhance enhance our outdoor enjoyment. So states moving in the right direction. You know, you, as you point out, the legislature gets it. Uh, the governor signed that bill into law. And, uh, you know, we'll, we always have challenges. We always have challenges that we'll need. 
legislative support, whether that be a new law to forbid something from happening, or maybe we've got an old law in the book that maybe needs to be wiped off the books, or maybe we need funding to achieve something. Um, I think the one thing, whether you're a Democrat or Republican or wherever you stand with your politics, the one place that we can usually you know, agree is when it comes to the outdoors. And I think Mississippi definitely gets that. You said that really well. Anything you want to say about that before we shift gears? Uh, no, Ricky, but, you know, I, one thing, well, I say, um, yes. Mm-hmm. One thing we um, we face quite a bit from hunters is our regulations on wildlife managed barriers. They, they do appear complex. When you open up a regulation brochure, they, they look overwhelming. When somebody calls and I get to speak to them, and I, and I tell them, I said, well, we have to put so many common sense features in the black mm-hmm. and white. And it's like, you know, don't litter. Well, we have to put in a, that a regulation. Or don't drive a nail into a tree. We have to put that in a regulation. Don't block a gate. We have to put that in a regulation. So it's, most of it is common sense. And, and, and I don't want people to be scared away by the rules and regulations. But most of the things that they would normally do on their land or somebody else's land is, is the same on our wildlife management areas. We, do, we just have to cover of everything we can, those regulations, make sure people abide by them and, you know, protect them. I think it helps that you do that because as a result, people tend to follow the rules. That's the good news. The, the, the majority, 99% of, of uh, outdoors in Mississippi on public land and on private land, they follow the rules. You know, they, 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 they leave it the way they found it. They, boy, they really f- focus on handling a firearm. You know what's interesting about the firearm is that the, I don't care how trained you are, you can always drop your guard. And I, I had a friend of mine who talked to me about, he shot a deer, and to make a long story short, um, he, he, he thought he saw the deer move, so he loaded his gun and took the safety off and was about to shoot, and then the deer fell. But when the deer, you know, he just, it clearly died. He didn't need to shoot it again. When the, in the excitement of the moment, he forgot to put his safety back on or, or take the bullet out. So he walked his four-wheeler to get the four-wheeler, and he was taking, he had an arm, uh, excuse me, a shoulder rest, and he was taking his gun off his shoulder, and he just barely touched the trigger, and it went off. And there was no one there, you know, it went into the woods and, you know, no one was hurt and whatever. But he told me the story and he said, my goodness, buddy. I mean, what if my grandkid would have been with me or so one of my friends who often hunts with me would have been with me? What could have happened? And this guy is super trained and super careful. The point being that we can all drop our guards and it's good to be reminded. That's all I got to say about that. It's good to be reminded of safety all the time, isn't it? That's right, and most hunting accidents occur by veteran hunters. It's not the new hunter out there, and it's just like what you said. It's an accident. We drop our guard. Uh, we, we don't think. We need to be in the habit of constantly checking the safety, uh, be mindful if it's loaded or not and where we are, uh, but you're exactly right. Uh, it, it happens to the best of us. Well, and opening that breach, you know, making sure the gun is unloaded when it's in your truck. Another friend of mine, the gun was loaded in the back of his truck and it shifted in the back of the truck and blew a hole in the side of the truck. But, you, you know, unfortunately, we hear these stories a little bit too often. And so, again, we can't remind ourselves enough about this. Hey, when we come back on the other side, we'll talk about the upcoming dove season and remind people what a baited field is and what, it, what a baited field isn't. Uh, with Scott Baker, when we get back, we'll see you after this. Mississippi to this land called home. I breathe Mississippi till I'm dead. 
asked for it, and it's back exclusively from AgUp Equipment, a free rotary cutter. That's right. For a limited time, get a free rotary cutter with the purchase of any 3D or 3E John Deere compact tractor from AgUp Equipment. Plus, 0% for 84 months financing. Browse online at agup.com. Offer ends 10-27-23. Some restrictions apply. Subject to approved credit with John Deere Financial. See dealer for details. Since 1871, Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton has been providing everything you need. Everything for your house, fencing, plumbing, flowers, lumber. Everything for your animals, dogs, cats, birds, chickens, cows, horses. And everything for your patio and yard. Bayou Classic Cookers, Wind Chimes, Orca and Pelican Coolers. We have most everything. 150 years of serving the community, family owned and operated. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, downtown Bolton since 1871. We'll see you soon. Be sure to tune in every Saturday morning from 10 until noon for the Handyman Show. Brought to you locally in part by Mid-South Crawl Space Solutions. Protecting your home from structural damage, cracks, humidity, mold, and more. That's Mid-South Crawl Space Solutions of Mississippi. For all your glass needs, call Venable Glass Services. Glass Networks, they're going to try and steer you to use their own glass shop. Well, you can tell your insurance you want to use Venable Glass, and there'll be no additional cost to them to get the highest quality glass. Venable Glass is locally owned and operated, and they do windshield replacement and rock repair right there in their shops, or they'll even come to you in the Tri-County area for free. That's right, free mobile service. At Venable Glass, they also do frameless and frame shower doors, mirrors cut to size and installed, picture frame glass, tables, desktops, insulated glass, plexiglass, commercial storefronts, and heavy equipment glass. Venable Glass. They'll come out and give you a free estimate. They want to work hard for your business. Venable Glass. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and on Saturday, 8 to noon. Hey, there's two locations, too, in Ridgeland at 660 Highway 51 North and Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive South in Crossgates. Check them out on the web at VenableGlass.com. Remember, for all your glass needs, call Venable Glass Services. 601-605-4443. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. The best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Before your next trip into the great Mississippi outdoors, make sure you stop by your local Gateway Tire and Service Center, where we go the distance for you. No matter where the road takes you, Kenda has a tire designed for your journey on the road, on the trail, or on the racetrack. You can count on Kenda quality. For the past 50 years, Kenda has been building a better tire for life's most demanding activities. Actually, they overbuilt them to ensure you succeed safely in everything you do. Stop by any Gateway Tire or Service Center near you for the largest selection of Kenda tires in Mississippi. While you're there, don't forget Gateway's ASE certified mechanics are trained to diagnose and repair your car or truck with honest customer service. Gateway Tire and Service Center offers lube, oil and filter changes, engine diagnostics, belts, hoses, brakes, wheel alignment, and of course, tires. Just like Kenda, designed for your journey. Gateway Tire and Service Center supports Mississippi outdoors. And of course, we go the distance for you. 
arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. We live in one of the best places in America to enjoy the outdoors. So let's talk about it. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. I have my friend Scott Baker with me. He's a wildlife biologist and someone I really enjoy spending time with. And his one of his passions is dove field preparation and dove hunting in general. Uh, one of my one of my one of the farms that my friend who we lease farms from. Uh, they planted a, a long row underneath the power line of uh, sunflower seeds. And, uh, man, the sunflowers are just absolutely doing amazing. I got a note from one of my friends who's up there helping him right now on, and, and driving one of his trucks for, for the harvest. And he said, man, I've never seen so many doves. But, um, you know, if you prepare, man, they're there, aren't they? That, that's right. You know, and Ricky, dove field preparation actually starts back in – April, May, June, uh, with planting sunflowers or brown top millet are probably the two most popular crops. And we often get questions from people this time of the year of how can I fix a dove field here the few weeks prior to dove season? Well, you're, you're really too late. Uh, you know, and the next question people ask, well, what about, you know, can I put weed out? And, and a person, if they're plant, putting weed out for a food plot, cover crop, uh, soil erosion, prevent soil erosion, and, and, and it can be done as long as it's for those reasons. And it has to be done um, in an approved agriculture fashion, which is normally the planting rate, uh, about 90 pounds to the acre and evenly spread across the field. But I tell you, when, when people start pouring grain out of a bag this time of the year is generally when you can go from a good legal field to an illegal field. Uh, now is not the time to be pouring grain out of a bag, and that's generally when when trouble comes about. But when you do plant that field in April, May, June, you can manipulate it however you want to. You can uh, bush hog, disc it, burn it, spray it, anything under the sun for doves that way. And there's some there's some wild seeds too that if you can't if you can't put them out if you can't if you if it's too late to really create the kind of field that you'd like to see there's there's your all bets are not off are they no and that's a great point Ricky uh, you can you can manipulate some wild seed it may be foxtail uh, broadleaf signal grass even a cut hay field that people are cutting like for bahia uh, all all can be great dove field and those those type crops you can manipulate those however you want to you, you only thing you can't do for a dove field, almost anything is if you harvest a crop you can't cannot take that crop back out and spread it on the field like you're talking about your farmer friend in the delta that's harvesting crops he's probably harvesting corn right now he couldn't take he could not take grain from the combine and take it back to the field and broadcast it and hunt over it. But there's no reason to because there's going to be enough lost grain behind that combine that makes a great dove field on that cornfield. But So managing for doves is very liberal. I know we get to the question or kind of criticism how uh, challenging it is, debating laws, and it's really not. And I know I work in it every day and familiar with it, but uh, for a planted dove field, you can manipulate it however you want and be legal to hunt over well, I, and so the bottom line is that if you, you, here we are in August, and um, and and uh, dove hunting season right around the corner, 
you know, bottom line, there's basically nothing you can do at this stage of the game to get legal um, for the dove season. It, you know, people ask about wheat specifically, and, and on a prepared field, wheat could be distributed as long as it's for the purpose of a food plot, a cover crop, winter grazing. It can be done that way, uh, evenly spread about 90 pounds to the acre. But if you're taking wheat out there for the sole purpose to hunt doves over, no, you cannot. Yeah. It has dove hunting has to be a byproduct of another, another or normal agriculture practice that wheat's being used for. So, when you look at the population of dove in Mississippi, how, is it healthy? How are we doing? It, it is healthy. Uh, overall, we, we manage dove the same way we do waterfowl. As far as you know, the, we got flyways for waterfowl, and so for dove, we have it's called management units and. We have, a, you know, the eastern Mississippi and the central and the western. And so we're monitoring population across all of those regions. And the dove numbers have declined some, uh, but they're, they're stable or actually a little bit higher this year. We're still a healthy population, but we do do manage them um, and look at the, the, the numbers of them. And, and, Ricky, I'd like to talk about if we've got a little bit more time about a, what a hunter should do. Yeah, if they, get, if they see a conservation officer on the field, um, you know, what's the response of the hunter? Do we have a little bit of time to talk about that? Yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah, do, do a know, summary. We, we were it. talking about safety on the break, and that's the up, number one utmost important. If you see a conservation officer come across the field, you know, don't don't be shooting at low flying birds. And really, if you could just pause your shooting long enough for him to come check you, he wants to get in and get out as quick as possible. Uh, as you like to do, Ricky, open that breach so you can visually, so the officer can visually see the guns not loaded at that time. Um, set your gun down. What the officer don't want to do is he'd rather not have that breach closed. He don't know if the gun's loaded or not. And, and then when the hunter's swinging with the gun, you don't want to rake. You always keep it in a point in a safe direction. And the best thing is set it somewhere safely, muzzle pointing up if possible, and let the officer you know, check your hunting license, count the number of birds that you have, then he'll be moving on to the next hunter. But don't feel like you've got to be hunting all the way up to the second that the officer's walking up to you because safety's number one out there. This has been Scott Baker, wildlife biologist from the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. Have a great day. And as I always say, stay safe in the, in the outdoors. We'll see you next Monday. God bless you. Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.